Rebecca Demain, tell me about the Viola Project and, uh, and, and how you created it yourself single-handedly millions of years ago. Well, that's not exactly what happened. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast number 641, The Viola Project. The Viola Project is an organization in Chicago near where I live dedicated to training and empowering young women using the words and characters and plays of William Shakespeare. It's such a cool idea, and I was able to sit down with its program director, Rebecca Dumain, about the history of the Viola Project, how it got started, and whether any Viola Projects could be started up near where you live. project was founded in 2004 by co-founders Raina Hardy and Ellie Kaufman, who are no longer with the organization. Um, we restructured, have reincorporated for boring paperwork reasons in 2012, at which point our current artistic director, Skylar Schrempf, took over after having been a teaching artist. Um, I came on board as a teaching artist in summer 2013, came on as a staff member in January 2014, and I'm now the program director. So, yeah. And, and what was the, what's the, what's the origin story, the creation myth of the Viola Project? I think it was that Raina and Ellie were in a production of Lysistrata, if I'm remembering correctly, um, and they were bemoaning one day about how there are so few exciting roles for women, and they were like, let's, you know, women weren't allowed on stage in Shakespeare's time, so let's just turn this on its head and create a program for girls so they can play all those cool roles. That is really cool. And yet you named it after Viola, not, say, Lady Macbeth. That is true. Uh, <laughs> Viola disguises herself as a man. And that's just kind of where that came from. Um, that was a big part of the disguise. It's I wasn't around for that official conversation. But, you know, I think it's it's cool to have it based on this woman who's strong and exciting and has to change who she is and realizes what that means. And, 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 and so how does, the, how does the project operate? Is it a year-round thing? Is it a summertime thing? What is it? Uh, all the above right now. We used to just be mostly summer camps. Um, we have expanded a lot within the past three-ish years. Um, so we work with schools. We do mostly after-school programs with various schools around the Chicagoland area um, running. They're usually one semester long, sometimes a year long if a school really asks us mm-hmm. to. Uh, and then we run uh, summer camps. We run summer camps in Edgewater. We run summer camps in Oak Park, and this is the first year we're running a summer camp in Hyde Park as well. Um, And then we have uh, spring break camp during CPS spring break, and we just had our one-off President's Day workshop uh, last week. We had a workshop in Edgewater at City Lift Theater, our home base, and also in Hyde Park. Um, It's our fifth year doing this. It's basically about women in leadership Mm. and about why there aren't more women in government and what we can do to change that and how we can empower our girls to realize that they can be leaders so it's not just a it's not just a theater camp you know or training a new generation of young actors it's a it's a it's it's a whole thing training young women to be in life yes absolutely we're very process-based we're not product-based at the end of every program there is an informal performance but it's script in hand it's the scenes they've been working on we don't usually do a full production Um, we'd rather talk about what these texts mean in the connection of the world you know it's a big thing of what we do we can ourselves a girls empowerment program 
them. And when I say girls, I mean anyone, youth who identifies as a girl or woman. Um, but we, you know, we work with mostly that middle school age where girls start shutting down and closing off and being afraid to speak up and not wanting to look stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, Shakespeare's characters are really great teachers of how to use language to get what you need to get and to say what you need to say and to advocate for yourself. And then we take those texts and we pair it with 21st century issues and themes that affect women and girls today. That's amazing. Do you have favorite characters or favorite speeches that speak to you or speak to the issues that young women are going through? I mean, I will always love the quote, do you not know I am a woman when I think I must speak? I think that for a while I was big proponent of that being like a big tagline and then we realized it was a little wordy. Um, but Shakespeare can be a little wordy. A little bit. Currently our, our, our tagline is just be, there is no question. Oh, nice. So a little, a little spin on Hamlet there. <laughs> Another great female role, increasingly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to kind of jump in and see and see what they're perspectives are on it. Um, I was just, have you watched Slings and Arrows? Sure. I'm just re-watching Slings and Arrows and watching that first season with Hamlet and how they're approaching that monologue. It's always really exciting. Well, and are you doing the thing that, that many women have done, but Harriet Walter currently is doing so much of, which is just to take any of the plays, or the plays that are even more specifically male-dominated, and, and filling them with women and girls? We do everything. We yeah. have no we have no restrictions what we do. We run the gamut. We also don't shy away from difficult subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do things like Taming of the Shrew or Two Gents, mm-hmm. and we're not going to pretend in Two Gents that there isn't a near-rape scene mm-hmm. and just brush over it. We're going to have a, bring in a workshop about healthy relationships and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, we we don't believe in like growth, like just glossing over things. Our girls are smart, and they are aware of what's going on. And I think sometimes adults forget that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking of my own daughter, but I'm also thinking of my son, who, <clears throat> you know, we need to raise our daughters mm-hmm. in a certain way. We also need to raise our sons in a certain way. Is there is there are are there opportunities? Do you know for for our sons and young men to learn the lessons that you know that your girls and young women are learning? We're we're asked that a lot. Mm. We're asked that a lot, and the answer is ideally there would be ideally there would be a Viola project for young men. Unfortunately, that is not us. That is not something we're going to do. We we believe in the fact that it's it's particularly powerful for girls and for women in terms of this text um, and helping them to regain that confidence and agency. Statistics show that girls lose 3.5 times their self-esteem between elementary school and high school uh, than their male peers do. Um, so we that's really where that focus is. We would love there to be a boy's counterpoint to us, but someone else has to take over that, I think. And how did you come to this? How did you come to the Viola Project? Did you start out wanting to be an actor? Were you a Shakespeare scholar? How, how did this all come about? What's your origin story? My origin story? So I uh, definitely wanted to act when I was younger. I grew up in New York City. I definitely wanted to be a child actor. And luckily, my parents did not let me pursue that path. Um, <laughs> there, But I, I went to Northwestern as a theater major, knowing that Northwestern also had a great creative drama, theater-freeing audiences component. I started assistant teaching pre-K and first grade theater classes when I was in high school. Um, 
And so it was something I already knew I loved, the idea of being a teaching artist and what that meant. And so I went to Northwestern and just said that I thought I wanted to act. Wasn't cast my freshman year, realized I didn't miss it all that much. And I would rather focus my time on working with young people um, and had that shift. And then I was doing teaching artist work and I found Viola Project my senior year at Northwestern when I was looking for summer opportunities, applied as an apprentice and was hired as an assistant teacher instead um, and have really been with the organization since. You know, I it's a little bit taboo for me to say this, but I didn't love, love, love Shakespeare growing up. Um, it really, I've come to love it so much more working with this organization and seeing the ways it applies and the ways that our young women interact with it. Um, I, I learn so much from them. Sometimes they know more than I do and it's really exciting to see and it's, it's changed the way I look at Shakespeare just working with these young people. And it occurs to me hearing you talk that the transition from actor to teacher is also a little bit about the difference between being product oriented and process oriented. Teaching is about process. Is that is that a fair distinction? Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of training in creative drama specifically at Northwestern, um, which I'm going to butcher the definition of right now, but it's something like creative drama is improvisational, non-exhibitional, process-centered form of drama where participants are guided by a teacher to reflect and enact on the human experience. It's something like that. It's a fabulous sampler and also a little wordy. It's also a little wordy. <laughs> um, but it's it kind of it, it explains where I've yeah. come from in terms of my philosophy, in terms of process-based. Um, I believe, you know, arts are so important. I, I get where STEM comes from, but I am a huge proponent of STEAM. STEAM, the A in STEAM yeah. being yeah. the arts. Because yeah. um, the arts can be used to understand science. It can yeah. be used to understand tech. It's used for creating more well-rounded people. Um, and so that's something I really believe, and I think that doesn't necessarily mean creating fully formed uh, actors necessarily. A lot of our students don't go on to wanting to act. Um, I know one of my students right now who I was talking to recently who's aged out of the program, she's uh, applying for like a STEM program this summer that she really wants to do. Um, but she she attributes Viola Project and the lessons that lear like she learned about being a leader, about standing up for herself and having the confidence through acting, through these conversations to enable her to be confident to do these other things she wants to do. And do you have a list of, not a list, but do you, do, you, do you know where a lot of your alums have gone on to? Like what sort of fields? I mean, it feels like you're just churning out amazing human beings, full stop. Not, a, not artists specifically, but just well-rounded people. I don't personally. So I started in 2013. So my, my students are now like in college. Um, so the ones that I started off with. So they haven't gone out into the world yet, but I know... One of our alums is studying, uh, you know, uh, public health and plagues and all of that stuff that I don't fully understand the definition of, but that she's gone into that world. I know some of our students get really into politics um, and really interested in working with advocacy and helping to make sure other people have access to the information that we've been teaching them. And I think it really runs the gamut. Hi, my name is Lauren Gunderson. I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. 
Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our 2019 tour of the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised continues this week in Reston, Virginia, and Houghton, Michigan. Then continues on with performances in Appleton, Wisconsin, Lubbock, Texas, Amherst, Massachusetts, Flint, Michigan, River Forest, and Effingham, Illinois, Meridian, Kansas, a week at the Virginia Arts Festival in Norfolk, Virginia, and then next week on April 5th and 6th, we'll be giving two performances of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged in Los Angeles at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica, California. And yes, I am looking at my lines. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performances performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Rebecca Dumaine, the program director of the Viola Project. This feels like a, this feels like such a great idea that could take off in other cities and countries. I mean, um, do you know of any? And 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 are there are there licensing franchise opportunities for people who want to start Viola projects in their own communities? You know, I we've been asked about people from people in other communities asking about it. Uh, I do not believe there are any other Viola projects. Um, in terms of proprietary licensing our materials, I think that's a larger question that I do not know the answer to. Um, I don't know the legality of that. And I, you know, we we believe what we do is really special and we train our teaching artists in our philosophy and we'd want to make sure that if our name is going elsewhere, we would love that, but we want to make sure that they, they understand what our mission is and are able to continue that on. So how does it work? Do the, do the girls memorize monologues? Do we examine the text? Is it physical? Do we get up and roll around? Do you know what I'm asking? All of the above. Okay. So most of our programs have a theme associated with it. No, no. Um, so our President's Day workshop is about women and leadership. We do a text analysis monologue themed camp. Um, but we also do camps, uh, what are we doing this summer? We're doing Much Ado About Nothing, but we're focusing on it, the idea of like gossip and social media in terms of gossip and bullying and what that looks like um, and spreading rumors. Uh, we've done two gents from the perspective of healthy relationships, as I mentioned before. Um, we we kind of try to create those ends to it, so we have larger conversations around the scenes, and then our incredible teaching artists pick scenes, make cuttings, find characters that they think really relate and dig into these issues we're talking about, and then they do scene work. We have our lexicons, we have our Shakespeare's words, um, we teach our girls how to dive into that and use the resources we have available. Um, and then, you know, there is scene work. They get up on their feet. They don't have to memorize. That's not something we require. Some of them do. Um, good on them. But, you know, sometimes it's a short amount of time, and Shakespeare's hard, and mm -hmm. we don't want to put that pressure on them when that's not the purpose of our program. And is it only Shakespeare, or do you, uh, do you use other classical texts as well? We mostly use Shakespeare. Um, I believe a couple of summers ago, we incorporated some other texts. I'm blanking on what it was, but we are working on... We In the summer, we work with Oak Park Festival theater and we kind of go off their seasons and so they were doing Pygmalion a couple summers ago and so we did draw on some other classic texts and other authors but we mostly looked at it from through the perspective of Shakespeare. I think we focused a lot on dialects in that camp. What you've told me is so great and it, what, it, it seems to me that one of the Viola Project's 
other great accomplishments is that is that it's going to fix what happened to you, which is that young people are going to get an appreciation and understanding and love of Shakespeare. Absolutely. Um, I definitely enjoyed it, but I didn't necessarily have uh, the full in-depth experience because Shakespeare is meant to be performed. It's not. It's meant to be watched. It's not meant to be read. Um, so I definitely read Shakespeare in school, and I liked it. And being a wannabe child star. I paid attention to it in school, um, but I really gained a new perspective of it as an adult working with this organization, and I I think our, our young people know so much. It's uh, a couple of years ago, we went and during our, it was summer 2016 before the election, we had an election-themed camp called Vaulting Ambition. Um, it was the most positive title we could come up with. Um, but we, the girls went and met with Congresswoman Schakowsky um, and talked to her about her story as a leader and what her experiences are. Um, and then at the end, they uh, ended up, she asked them for suggestions of Shakespeare to read. And they went around, and all of them had so many thoughts about what plays to read, what characters were really applicable to the conversations they had just had. Um, they were on a roll about it, which uh, I was really surprised about. Um, they really just owned it, and it was the most talkative they were the entire time. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy Podcast. Send us your empowering Shakespeare speeches to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Men Dressed as a Woman Dressed as a Man Dressed as a Woman Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Lacey Ballard. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to prolific and much produced playwright, screenwriter, and author Lauren Gunderson, author of The Book of Will and many other wonderful plays. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 641 1923rds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Rebecca Domain, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm, 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 and, and, and I'll give my best to your parents. It sounds like they did a wonderful job in keeping you from being a child star. Oh, I will. Thanks so much for having me. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.